This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. That kid is back on the escalator again. Leave it alone. What? Comics. What are you? I'm Batman. TV and movies. Wrestling. Oh, no. Music. We are just getting started. Finally, a podcast about things you actually care about. Hosted by a couple of guys who actually care about those things, too. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Maybe a little too much. Yes, that's awesome. The talented one, Chris Machete. That no-talent ass clown became famous. And Brenton, you know, that guy from your other favorite podcast. I liked it. I was good at it. So grab onto the handrail and don't let go. Get ready. There's a little boy the escalator. This is the Kids on the Escalator podcast. Woo! Here's CM and BD. Live to the world on a Tuesday night. It's those two assholes and another asshole. How are you, gentlemen? Kids on the escalator for Tuesday night. Hello, 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 hello. 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 Good to see you, gents. Good to see you. Good to see you. Listen, we're not going to waste any time. We got really rad guests coming on. But first, Michael. Yeah. With the announcement of the week. Go. (laughs) It was the the on the spot, buddy. Well, you're referring to my, my post, uh, yesterday. Uh, yeah, well, I was, I was trying to, I wanted to tell you guys, but yeah, I, I've picked up a new channel, which well, actually I've picked up three properties, but the one I can talk about is yeah. Showcase baby. I'm the, uh, thanks to the peeps at chorus. I'm the new, uh, I'm the new promo voice at showcase, uh, channel, whatever thing. Does this mean, um, does this mean that you're going to be doing Dexter promos, Mike? I don't know the exact lineup, but I have, ironically, I have done a promo for the uh, for their next Star Wars marathon that's so uh, happening uh, in the next two, two weeks. So, Did you throw yeah. on the end of it? Did you throw on the end of it? Uh, or you could tune in Tuesday nights on the Kids on the Escalator podcast <laughs> <laughs> for all your Star Wars shit. I will say it's been, this has been a really cool process because this has been for um, a a couple of months now and we've just been sort of working on transitioning um, a whole bunch of material, like doing a whole lot of promos. So, you know, tagging all all the stuff that was there. And um, last week, I think it was last week or maybe the week before, uh, we had to do all the disclaimers for the channel, which you would think, you know, how many different combinations of the following program may contain scenes of violence, coarse language, nudity, right. sexual content. You you would think, couldn't be that many. There were 34 different variations on a theme, and each one had to have a specific genre read to it, right. you know, so they can run in front of a drama, in front of a comedy, in front of an action film. So, yeah, that was a couple of hours to the point where, like, I'm going to bed, and all I can hear in my head is, viewer discretion is advised. Viewer discretion is advised. The following sleep okay. may contain scenes of nudity. Oh wait a minute! <laughs> well, congratulations! They're loud to everybody, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Congratulations, and you should probably sure, do a disclaimer. You should probably do a disclaimer for this show. So we're going to put you on the spot. Here you go, Mike. Three, two, one, and disclaimer for kids on the Escalator podcast. 
The following program may contain scenes of violence, coarse language, nudity, nerdity, and some swearing here and there. Viewer discretion is advised. However, recommended, maybe not. Uh, just go all out. It's going to be fun. There you go. It's a little work. It needs a little work. It needs a little, take it. It needs a little work. Really what have I told you yeah, guys? It was, I it was going well. I read scripts. Right. My, my All right. So uh, it's been a busy week. It's been a busy week. We got a few things to get to. Um, Chris, uh, do you do we want to do a, a Skeletron update at the end, or do you want to just uh, give a quick little what you've been up to? Because I know you're I just, like we're seven just things almost, right uh, we're almost sold out. I got like a couple issues kicking around the house. Um, nice. Some there's two issues down at the. Uh, I dropped two off today at uh, Nexus Comics. Yeah, downtown yeah. Kingston. Today I dropped those off, so there's two available there anyway. But um, there's a few left here, but I, I don't know. We're under ten. I know that for sure. So basically, what we're doing now is working on issue two. It's already done. We're just uh, going back over it. Over it. It's being edited, and then uh, I'm actually been working on uh, issue four there, doing some stuff for there. So we're up to issue four. And of course, we're doing the novelization of uh, of a book out of the UK, which is wholly a lot of work, man. But it's so much fun. But I am in the comic book world. I'm driving around, and yeah. I, and I don't realize I'm. But I'm driving, like I get to where I'm going and I don't remember driving there because I'm thinking about all the stuff I'm doing and all the stories and holy cow. It's really cool. For our gentleman. Wait, wait, I got a BMX bike for my birthday and holy cow. I saw that that picture. Yeah. Very nice. Thank you. Gentlemen. I was going to hurt myself. Gentlemen in the waiting room. uh, Chris here is a uh, comic book artist, uh, recently released Skeletron to the world and uh, it's killing it. And uh, I think it's sold out basically. So rad, rad, rad. Always great to have a uh, comic book published artist on board. And we're stoked for that. So before we get to our gentlemen uh, in the waiting room, they it's two weeks in a row for our listeners on the star Wars front. How lucky are they? It's (laughs) great. And uh, how lucky are they now? Um, I'll get to uh, the, let these guys get to the background, but um, a couple of years ago, I went to fan, uh, fan expo in Vancouver and saw this really cool trailer of this series that was coming. And then I think COVID set the world down and let them get into it, but I've just saw it pop back up again. These guys have, a, a, have done an incredible job of this series called Bucketheads. Um, I'm going to play the trailer here and then we're going to bring them on to talk about it. So check this out, friends. Seriously, Thank come you. on! That was so cool. I've seen that trailer uh, ten thousand ten thousand times, and I, it, it still gets me going. 
Well, it should. Welcome Holy to the show, my shit, friends. Though. Welcome to yeah. the show. And there, there's your intro. Now we figure out who you guys are because, man. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank but you we ran out of time. Them. We ran out of time. So thanks for sending the trailer, and we'll talk next week. <laughs> you <laughs> That's have awesome, Matt Damon man. us? Are we getting oh, Matt Damon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Great stuff, wow. man. So you guys uh, created this, Bucketheads. Uh, we'll get into it. I, I saw it at Fan Expo a couple years ago. I thought it was like, what the hell is this thing? And um, and then we finally get some eyes on it and get to look at it. So who gets to go first in explaining what this is all about? Because it's the, it's so cool. It's so cool. Ooh. I think that's 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 you, Andy. Do it. Is that me? Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, so Bucketheads is is definitely the uh, brainchild and love child of of myself and Marco. Um, we're a couple of filmmakers out of Vancouver. Uh, we met, uh, I think, about 2015. And about a year after meeting, I think we were watching, I think we had gone to see Rogue One and, with a mutual friend and, and we really enjoyed it. And we were just chatting and having drinks afterwards about um, what we would do if we made a Star Wars film and, and kind of where we would take it. And that was around the time Marco was getting involved in the 501st. So uh, all things kind of lined up. All of a sudden we had access to a whole bunch of people who were really passionate about Star Wars and had these amazing costumes and it just kind of grew from there. We did the short film. Uh, it had an amazing reception. We, we still can't believe uh, that that thing's getting views. And, and like we love the story. We're so happy everyone else loved the story. And there was such a good reception. We thought we, we better come back and, and come back, you know, firing on all pistons sort of thing. So we decided we'd make a, a whole episodic out of, out of the whole deal. So we have season one, Bucketheads, coming out. Uh, that's the trailer for the prologue for the first of three chapters of episode one. And then we have four more episodes after that. That's uh, okay. So uh, lots to take in on that, but Marco, can you just sort of break down what the 501st is? Because I mean, most star Wars nerds would know what it is, but for the average person, what is the 501st and how difficult is it to get into the 501st. We have the odd sports guy watching our show, so we, we, we break it down sometimes for them. Okay, guy, yeah, so you could do that for some of our sports viewers. Who view yeah, sports absolutely. absolutely. This show is, awesome, this show man, is awesome. jock friendly. This show is jock friendly. We do play hockey. And we've However, had, we've we had Montreal Canadiens fans on the show and stuff like that. We just don't yeah. think, see, we just don't think, we just don't think like them per se. Mm. All good, all good. We don't have to go that far. That's that's totally okay. (laughs) I don't, I don't, there's something for everyone out there, right? Uh, But yeah, I'm happy to talk about the 501st for a bit. Uh, The 501st Legion, as it's known, is a worldwide uh, costuming organization that uh, was formed in, I think it was 1997. Um, And it focuses on recreating the costumes from the Star Wars universe, specifically of all the bad guys. Their their, uh, logline, their slogan is, bad guys doing good. So uh, it's a bunch of Star Wars nerds that got together that created this vast library of all the Star Wars costumes and what makes them screen accurate. And all you need to do to join is build your own screen accurate costume that fits those guidelines that they set out. And then they get together and they support mostly charity events around the world. Uh, I'm part of the local garrison up in Vancouver, BC. The Outer Rim Garrison, I think we're about 120 or 130 members at this point. I think worldwide, there's about 15,000. 
Um, and obviously, we do all the big cons, we do parades, but then we also work with uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, uh, various children's charities, whatever we can do to support the community. And it's just, it's a really awesome cause uh, that I was very happy to, to, to join beyond just being a Star Wars nerd and getting to build a costume like this and then wear it. Uh, and, and then actually walk around wearing it. Uh, but when you actually recreate that experience for kids and adults, uh, that's just one of the coolest things I've, I've ever gotten to do. But then on top, like Andy said, we also got to make a movie with them, which was just the best. <laughs> See, I love how you said, you know, it's great to walk around and, and so that the kids can can sort of relive this in, in real like adults i i get the same way like the first time that i went to uh, my wife took me to disney world and they had like all the the star wars areas there <sighs> i felt like the biggest kid you know and i'm a proud proud star wars nerd uh, and yeah. i say that with the most you know heartfelt love um so yeah even a big kid like me when i watch that trailer and i see the attention to detail uh, in in not only in, you know not only the the visuals but like the costume specifically, I, it gets me wanting to be you know when I was a kid I wanted a stormtrooper costume. Now that I'm older, that's like almost one of those things that you kind of want to put money aside and be like some guys get sports cars. I just want to get a stormtrooper costume <laughs> and just I run mean, around. You know that's how I did it, and that's how a bunch of my friends did it basically. Yeah. And I, so. as a result, Cr- I don't drive a, I don't drive a sports car so. Chris, Chris has got a Chris has got a great uh, a bunch of great picks. Chris, you got a bunch of great picks from being at the Comic Cons and, and Fan Expo in Toronto and stuff with with everybody dressed up. And yeah. Chris is like, I think your uh, your your machete page is actually you. It's you with, with the five o first, yeah, with the five o first, which is pretty funny cool. I was just was walking by as they were on the other side of the velvet rope coming to do their their big photo shoot. <laughs> My wife was taking photos of me, and I leaned over the rope, and I was just kind of getting pictures with with the with the Jawas because they're because they're close. They're not. The, I'm not that much taller than them, right? So <laughs> as they were walking by, and then uh, Stormtrooper come up behind me and saw what I was doing, and he snook up behind me, and my wife's got it like an inch short and short animation, and he grabs me and puts the gun to my head, and I'm like, ah! And it was such a great, just a natural uh, uh, photo of it. That was that was a lot of fun. Good time. I liked it a That's lot. That's awesome. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm having love it. having the costumes uh, is 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 one thing, and I mean, how did how did the story come together? Um, you know, you guys met in 2015. Obviously, there was some heavy duty back and forth nerding out about Star Wars. Does it start with like, what's your favorite movie, and build from there to like, let's make a movie? I think uh, it was a lot of what hasn't been done before, right, Andy? Like we we looked yeah, at. It was- it was partially yeah. the the content out of out of um, Rogue One as well, right? Like <laughs> it for for me, Rogue One really felt like the first movie that the Civil War felt like a civil war, and it was real, and it was you know there's a lot of gravity to that battle. So I I, I think we were talking about how Rogue One had done a great job in this in, in creating um, you know a really dire situation and creating that feeling. And and then I think we I think we had all sort of agreed that we didn't want to do Jedi again. We didn't want to do Sith first <laughs> Jedi because it's it's a great concept and everybody loves space wizards and uh, you know there's it's it's so well fleshed out what the Jedi and the Sith are doing in in many points of the Star Wars timeline. So um, I think we just felt like we wanted to try something new 
and and in seeing Rogue One and feeling again for the first time for myself at least that the stormtroopers were this like competent force that they were coming in hot and you know this was like a really bad thing that we're seeing stormtroopers and then death troopers and you know I, I thought that was a, a cool portrayal of that whole um, part of the battle so we we kind of wanted to run with that a little bit and this the I can't believe it so I can't believe it was so it, it, that it was Rogue One. It was that late that you guys, like, you know, like, have you were thinking about it before that? Because Rogue One is only a couple of years old. And to be able to pull this together after Rogue One, ha- you know, post edit, have everything look so, so crisp and awesome. I'm like, holy, I mean, that's a pretty short timeline. That's a pretty short timeline. Overall. I mean, Rogue One was 2016. So that was five years ago. Time flies. <laughs> Marco, you probably you probably had other Star Wars ideas of things you wanted to do before I did. Totally. You were a much larger fan before I, I really became one. So I think you probably had some. Uh, I've been writing fan fiction since I was 14. <laughs> so I, I, I had some ideas in mind for sure. But I think it didn't become a concrete um, idea we really talked about until we realized we actually have the means to to actually pull it off, right? That was the big thing for us as well as independent filmmakers that don't have a lot of money or access to a lot of resources at the time. Um, we also just had to look at what's actually doable. And um, I think in the end with a short film, we just, uh, a, a bunch of really, really awesome people came together that had access to specific things like a location or a camera um, or those costumes and a bunch of other stuff. Um, and it just, uh, we were just able to pull this off based on what we had available to us at the time. And then based on the, the popularity of the short film, we were able to approach a ton of, uh, professionals and, and costume makers and Star Wars uh, fans that, that connected us further. Like it was kind of like a snowballing effect. Once we tried to, uh, once we really pushed forward with this series, a lot of things just fell into place for us. Nice. So can really, we talk really about cool. the episode or is there like a spoiler uh, thing? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm curious how, how in depth can we, can we go? Or that's, are up, you guys- that's, up, that's up to you guys. I mean, yeah. we want to oh, okay. go in depth. Yeah. We're, we're super happy. We, we will keep certain, you know, if, if we're talking about the future of where Nova squad goes and sort of what their right. journey is, there's obviously things we're going to keep uh, locked up, but we, we don't mind hinting at stuff and um, you know, we, we can give certain things. Okay. Away. Well, like there's Ewoks in there. Correct. Whose idea was it to shoot an Ewok? Or was it like, oh man, come on, we got to shoot an Ewok? Or was it kind of like, we should to make it look real? It, you know what I mean? It's hard to untangle after the fact who really came up with what, because a lot of our um, writing and idea sessions is just kind of, you know, we, we, we just get beers and shoot the shit for six hours and something nice. comes out the other end. We're not the writers of this, actually. Uh, our writer is Michael Nevada, who's amazing. Um, and we're super happy to have him. We just kind of come up with the general ideas and the overall story arc for the first season. And then he actually like writes the episode and creates dialogue that is engaging and works. Um, right, right. But I think with the Ewoks, um, we just uh, thought we needed them to sell that this is Endor. Like, they're just part of, mm-hmm. of, of, of Endor. And doing what we did to those Ewoks just felt appropriate for the story that we were telling. Did it just kind of like put this whole Ewok trope from Return of the Jedi, just put it on its head and uh, get a little bit of, a, a little bit of payback for the stormtroopers. Yeah, it, it, made was, it, real, it made it more real for me. Like it made it more like more legit. Like <clears throat> it was funny. Cause when I saw the, the cute little Ewok in there sitting with the dude, <laughs> I was like, okay, here we go. 
Which way are you going to take it? Is it going to, is it the cute little Ewok going to bounce out of the way and run in and escape? Nope. <laughs> nope. And, and are, you, are we going to see him suffering? Yep. <laughs> so uh, kudos to you guys for making it real. Cause you know, I'm an adult and I, and I like to see that kind of thing in, in these, in the Marvel universe and the star Wars universe. I love it when it gets a little real, a little too real for, of course, some younger viewers, which is, for which sure. I think is awesome, but that that's awesome. I think that's great. Cause I, that's, as I say, like, which way are the dudes going to go here, man? And, and I, and to my, to me, in my opinion, my humble opinion of watching Star Wars basically all my life, I think you guys made a great decision in there. And to me, personal uh, fan, uh, longtime Star Wars fan, that, that was that was when I was kind of like, okay, I am not just invested in this. I want to see the whole deal, right? Because, you know, if you're going to do something with Star Wars, you're, there's a whole deal coming. You can't just For have sure. this little segment of Star Wars, right? It's like, it's it's huge. It would, like Same with Marvel and anything like that, superheroes. I uh, love... So, what, bravo what, to you guys. What I love about how you've approached the stormtroopers and this goes back to something like it just in in a new hope when luke and uh ben come along onto the sand crawler and they're you know it's it's the tuscan raiders no no no. these blaster points are too you know precise back then stormtroopers could hit things like really (laughs) well and somewhere along the way, the stormtrooper became the butt end of a joke that, you know, they couldn't hit the side of a barn type type thing. I love how you've established in this that these guys are badasses and they're not just your bumbling Keystone cop stormtroopers, which, again, for me, I like that sort of side of things because it does kind of play back into the original film that somehow it, it got lost along the way that, you know, stormtroopers were just idiots and, and couldn't shoot anything. Yeah. And we, we definitely, that was a huge point of this was, was wanting to portray the stormtroopers again, like they're a fierce fighting force and, and, and they're, you know, many in, in number and also have better resources than the rebels. Um, we really looked at, at films like Jarhead and Band of Brothers, um, Saving Private Ryan for, squad tactics and combat and how an organized army approaches these kinds of things um and that was you know just like you're saying i i think somewhere along the way stormtroopers became this bumbling mass of villains but realistically i always feel it plays better if we just portray them as a especially in this time period a, a consigned force of regular men and women who are just fighting for what they believe in right they're on one side of a conflict they don't have all the information they're not the leaders they're just peons who are being told, go fight for a better universe. This is the way. And some of them do that. Do you guys like all the heel wrestlers as well? <laughs> all the bad guys? I love the 501 idea and all the uh, all the villains and stuff. It's awesome. All did you guys the- need did you did you guys need permission from Lucasfilm and everybody to do this? Or what's the what's the intellectual property kind of rights and all that stuff that you're allowed to work within to make this happen? We, we are Marco, you take this one. Sure. Um, it's a question we get. Uh, all we can time. edit this out. We can edit this out. Yeah. No, sure. no, no. It's good. No, it's, um, good. No, it's, it's all good. Um, we don't have official permission from Lucasfilm to do this, but we are following the guidelines that they set out for all fan films. Um, there are tons of Star Wars fan films out there. Um, and Lucasfilm and Disney are encouraging them. Like they, they are actually supporting fan films, which uh, is uh, makes them different from a lot of other copyright holders, like uh, Warner Brothers or Paramount, for example. If you look at the DC Universe or Star Trek, for example, uh, Star Wars seems to be sort of like a, a safe haven for fan films. Um, so the, the the three 
main guidelines that they laid out uh, that, that we follow and they seem to be okay with it is uh, don't try and uh, commercialize it, sell it, like exhibit it in a theater and charge for tickets. Um, follow the Star Wars brand or be true to the Star Wars brand. So um, keep it in universe. Don't make it you know overtly violent or gory or make it a porn parody or something like that. Um, and Andy, I, I always, I always, always stumble on one. I know, I love it. Uh, it's similar <laughs> to rule one, which is just basically <laughs> don't ask, don't ask the fans directly for money for a Star Wars property. So we do have a Patreon set up, and that is entirely how we fund this thing. Uh, prior to the Patreon, it was through uh, Marco in my pocket. Um, but we are now asking fans to support our YouTube channel and we give a very heavy nod in the direction of this money's going towards Bucketheads. Um, so we have clear, sort of a clear disclaimer on that Patreon that says basically you're funding our channel and you have to be okay with whatever we do with your money, but wink nudge, Hey, Bucketheads is on the agenda. Um, and the, I, I saw it for Fan Expo. I thought it was amazing. You guys had a great display at Fan Expo in Vancouver. That's so cool that you actually came to Vancouver and, and, and saw it. Well, I live here. I live. I live here. So I had no idea. I thought you were somewhere awesome. Else. Cool. That's awesome. No, I'm. I'm cool. I'm cool like you two. The other two live in Ontario. So I'm, yeah, I'm in, I'm in Kingston, Ontario. My <laughs> hey guys, I want to show. Toronto. I want to. Uh, I want to show another clip from this for a second. You guys sent me some great stuff. So just stand by. Let's yeah. uh, let's, let's have another another highlight from uh, from the show. Okay. Let's just do it. the random the randominator the randomator. Here we go and go. So I think of I think of fan films like when I was when I was a younger man, we would mm -hmm. in the summers, we would get one of those old beastly JVC on the shoulder camcorders. One of our dads would be the poor sucker that would have to film us. And we would make, you know, our version of Star Wars or Raiders of the Lost Ark or something like that. Um, the visual effects in this uh, is it's mind boggling. And I know that Star Wars, uh, a lot of it is green screen. You guys um, use a different piece of technology that's kind of cutting edge, which I, I think is pretty freaking fantastic. Talk to me a little bit about this LED wall that that you're using um, for for a lot of these backdrop shots and and sort of so the actors can be immersed in it because this is this is. I'm assuming stuff that's that's being used sort of more now for, for newer productions. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, Disney opened this door um, with the Mandalorian. You know, Disney did, a, I think, an excellent job uh, a in creating the show, but then b they they created this awesome behind the scenes uh, sort of episodic to go along with it and show how they they attack uh, a lot of the property and, and how they you know film this thing, what what tools they were using. And one of the episodes revolves around them using these LED walls and what's called virtual production. So virtual production uses um, video game engines and you attach a digital camera to a physical camera and then you project the digital environment on an LED wall. 
and it moves in accordance with your physical camera. So you pan your physical camera left and your whole wall shifts left and shows you whatever is to the left of that digital camera. Um, this is something that is absolutely being looked at, at used heavily in, in the future filmmaking processes for, I think, every uh, filmmaking center right now. It's sort of a, a wild west right now as to how best to use it, what the best pipelines are, um, software, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and Disney, in, in that behind-the-scenes piece, Disney made this sound really, really easy. And they basically just said, like, look, this is, we got these, you know, these LED walls. And then we just thought Unreal 4 and bada-bing, bada-boom. Now we got a whole alien environment that we could change it to whatever we want it to be. And the reality is that they actually had so many um, software engineers and uh, Unreal experts. And by season two, they basically built their own proprietary software uh, to deal with this. But they did kind of open the door and, and showcase what the tech um, can do and how it can be utilized. And that's really caught the eye of the entire film industry at this point. So everyone's looking now on how they can best um, uh, use this stuff in their own filmmaking. Um, so we were fortunate enough to partner with a company called Promosa here in Vancouver. Uh, they're a events technology company. They have these massive LED walls. And they were looking at getting involved in the film industry as well. So they agreed to kind of take us on as sort of like a pilot project and um, nice. you know, firm up their process and how they go about this. Uh, so we're really lucky in being able to work with them. And in that clip that was just shown, uh, the, the space combat in the TIE fighter cockpit shots, anytime you see outside, that is an LED wall that's projecting that very same scene back onto our subject and, and reflecting off his plastic. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it, it's oh, killer. I know, uh, I know Chris uh, and those guys down wow. there. Really. I, I work with Chris ball all oh, the dude. time. Back oh, cool. in the day, so yeah, back when there was a light, that would back when concerts were around and life was normal. But, <laughs> right, yeah, Chris Ball, yeah. great guy. Hi, Chris. Hopefully you're watching. Um, yeah. I got a great video. Of, I got a great video of uh, dragging Chris Ball around Whistler on a luggage cart. Nice. That's for another show. That's for another <laughs> show. That. That's for another show. Uh, hey, Chris, thoughts mm-hmm. here, buddy. You, you were. I told you about this thing, and you were super stoked. So, um, what, yeah. what a killer oh, I, I series, love Star Wars. Man. I love Star Wars. So I was just curious if you guys so go outside of if. Let's go outside of the smaller realm. And if let's just say you guys can take your turns answering this. So let's say you're in charge of the next trilogy of movies. Um, So the the first question is, would you take it to the future or would you take it to the past? And secondly, where would you take the new Star Wars uh, trilogy? I I, I don't want to get into it, but I'm not a fan of the newest one. Um, I like the first movie. The other two, but this isn't what that's about. Just to let you know where my headspace is. So where would you guys take the next trilogy and whoever wants to go first with this? Ooh. I'm happy to go Marco first. <laughs> Marco. Go for it, buddy. He's already got it written. Uh, you know, I know. Yeah, you, uh, uh, I want to yeah. trigger, I want to trigger you guys with something big. I'm like, here you go, man. It's handed to you, my friend. It's been handed to you. Where, where are you taking a guy like me? Where are we going? So like you said, uh, the sequel trilogy wasn't great. And um, I, I don't think there's much to go from there. Uh, I really like what Disney is doing with The Mandalorian and that timeline in general right now. Um, but in terms of what hasn't really been done too far, there are two uh, areas that I would like to insert my own storytelling into one of them is the clone wars and i know it's been done at length there was a massive tv series obviously the prequel trilogy also goes uh into that but i absolutely love uh the republic commandos 
there was this video game back in 2004 5 i think which is still to this day one of the greatest Jawas games ever you made. can get it on the playstation 4 now it's just available for playstation 4 you can yes. buddy i saw it last night it's like 12 bucks man no because it's such a great game because you it can totally program is. what the other guys do i know what marco's doing the other guy, and then and then head in there yourself <laughs> yeah. i mean i'll follow Oh, it's a great game, buddy. Yeah, I had it on the PC, but no. So, so sorry to interject, but yeah, that's, that's a great awesome. game. That's awesome. music. I totally <laughs> share your excitement, uh, excitement, Chris. After this, buy it up, brother, and then let me know how it goes. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, I think there's still some really interesting uh, stories to be told in that era, just because the entire thing is so incredibly fucked up if you think about it. Anyway. Uh, the other timeline that I think uh, absolutely should be put on the big screen because it just hasn't been done so far is uh, the Old Republic and especially uh, Knights of the Old Re Re Republic. Like it's the other great Star Wars game that was made, and as you can tell, I'm also a gamer. So is so, so is Andy. Too, buddy, yeah. But uh, there are some some fantastic stories there, and I know Disney right now is kind of like doing their own books in that era, but I don't think they're doing too well with that either. So. Um, I, I have some ideas. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I love it. I love it. That's great. Uh, for uh, myself, okay. Hmm. Knights of the Old Republic, I think, is is an easy one for me as well. Like, there just is so many cool characters and so much lore. And, and uh, I mean, it, it sort of on the surface feels like everybody was a lot more powerful during the Knights of the Old Republic sort of time period. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a lot of fun things that you could do there. Is it weird if I say our own timeline? Like, no, that's that's cool. The, that's the the fractured empire period. I think is is a really cool one as well, just because it is sort of sort of a tying up of loose ends or things that seemingly are uh, winding down for the war, but really it all sort of comes to a head on Jakku and and transitions us into sort of where the new trilogy is. But I, I would I would like to see that period, the fractured era. Um, explored with a lot of resources with with higher resources i think would be really fun you could do some cool stuff last week last week we talked a little bit about this and the question was posed would you want to have george lucas involved in the next trilogy kind of like how stan lee was was sort of involved with the marvel universe stuff when he was still alive would you does does george lucas still have any relevance to anything new star wars moving forward in your opinion, it's a tough question. I, I would say, in what Disney's designing, no. But I would say, in in what my heart would want, that he would absolutely be involved in that. To what degree? I think you know that that is the complicating factors in my mind of the prequels, and I think where some of the prequels took a bit of a wrong turn, at least in what I've read. Right, I wasn't there, but in what I've read, that just the reins were maybe too heavily given over, and and a lot of yes men were sort of ushered into place in creating what George wanted. And, and as you know, any filmmaker will tell you, it's such a collaborative process that when you are allowed to do absolutely anything you want to do, oftentimes that maybe isn't the best portrayal of what you're trying to get across, right? It's the best to you, but optically to your audience, that might not be the best way to go about it. So um, I think he should be involved in that if, if that were to happen, um, even as just a, a consultant of some kind, but they're, they're, in, in my view, there immeasurably is value in having him attached to that. <laughs> Marco, on the other hand. <laughs> I, wanna, Sorry, I have a just, question. I just have but, to say. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Marco. Go ahead, it Marco. It feels Whatever. super weird to say, yeah, I mean, the creator of Star Wars could be a consultant on you know, my Star Wars. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> that is, yeah, no, after you say it, after you say it again, it's, oh, <laughs> 
I want to ask about the 501, the 501st. I know you guys touched on it a little bit earlier about what you do, but we, you know, we've touched on this subject a little bit over the last couple, like last week we talked about like how we would rewrite Star Wars. Uh, we've had our own thoughts on the Mandalorian. Chris has his own thoughts on the new trilogy, you know, kind of where everything sort of lands for everybody. But you guys at the 501st, you know, you, what is like, when do you guys get together? Like without getting any secrets, do you get together like Fridays, Thursdays? Does everyone sit around and talk about like what we're doing now, just not recorded on a podcast? Do you guys sit around and go, oh my God, I can't believe they did this or I can't believe they did that because it's so funny. And I want to talk to you guys because you're so far in on it. Um, there's so much love for this franchise and also so much hate for the franchise by the people who love the franchise. So where do you guys stand on the overall picture of the nine and sort of like to Chris's point, like where would you take it? Obviously we know you guys have a little bit, you're a little bit uh, like different than what we talked about last week, but is it a, a hate fest at the 501 meetings or is it a love fest with like a rewrite fest? How do you guys kind of go about your days and stuff over there? I mean, right now, we don't get together at all, unfortunately. Um, but from what I recall, over a year ago, when life was normal, uh, we had a spot in, in, in Vancouver, well, that was more than a year ago, called the, the, the EXP Bar, which was a fantastic bar, right, on uh, on Pender and Canby, I think. Um, that They don't exist anymore, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, we, we were trying to get together like once a month. We had like a monthly social, essentially. Um, I honestly did not encounter a lot of hate towards Star Wars, uh, and obviously the the main target of of um, disdain for Star Wars fans is the sequel trilogy because it's just not nearly as good as it could have been, and that disappoints a lot of people. But a lot of people still like it because it is Star Wars, and I mean I have my own opinions on it. I don't think it's great. Do I hate it? No, I just stop caring and. I don't know. If, I, I don't know if that's worse, honestly. But I yeah, think, no, no, I think I ultimately, yeah. that that trilogy did a ton of damage to Star Wars and to Disney. Mm -hmm. Both, in, like, it weakened the brand. It just from a purely boring business corporate uh, perspective. And Disney right now has yeah. to work to get back that that fan enthusi and, and enthusiasm and, and trust that they lost with that trilogy, right? Yeah, that's what I, I say that I thank you. I, you say it way more eloquent than I say it, my friend. But yeah, I, I, I echo your thoughts. You can say, I don't know if my face is getting red here, but it's like, yeah, that like triggers me because like just the dishonesty too that Disney had with their fans over the process of it. And oh, it was all it was all written way, way ahead of time. We knew this. And then their actors are saying, well, no, actually, Obi-Wan was supposed to be my dad. And then last thing I knew is this and that. And it's like, wow, yeah, you know what? The movie looks like that. Anyway, yeah, I'm getting now. I'm now I'm triggered and I'm starting to go off on. Sorry, <laughs> easy now, Chris. Sorry, easy. I know. Sorry, easy, easy, easy. Okay. Now, you know, actually, we could. If while we're on the subject of riling Chris up, I heard a rumor that they're going to bring Emily Van Camp in as a Jedi. <laughs> no, they're not. No, no. no, no, no. <laughs> so you guys are, are going to hire feeling, her. No. Just, no, the fans are feeling the same way I did about poor Emily Van Camp. Well, while we're talking about actors, let's talk about the actors uh, that you have in in Bucketheads. Yeah, uh, sure. There's uh, now you guys. Uh, uh, obviously, your you your your first love is is filmmaking. Uh, you guys have had a ton of experience working on uh, on 
on big projects. And I'm assuming that the casting uh, has has ties to projects that you may have worked together with earlier on. I'm talking about dating shows in, in Vancouver. And Troy and Troy's, uh, you know, the is, wow. is it Marco? Marco, is that you? You guys? Yeah. Do you, yeah. do you know Troy? I do not know Troy. I do not. How do you know the show? Because no one ever called out this connection, dude. I I I did my research on this because we spent a lot of money. I mean, he is the voiceover guy for Cineplex, after all. For God's sake, we're not on the money. Okay. And showcase oh, now. Oh, yeah. And showcase. showcase. Okay, Jesus Christ, Christ, Mike. We were in the lobby. We were in the yeah. lobby. Congratulations, Congrats, by the way. That's Thank you. Exciting. Yeah, so, so Marco, yeah, I, I'm telling you to turn off your cell phone at uh, at Cineplex. So there you go. Enough of that. Yes, I, I did a little bit of research because I, I always find it fascinating because, I mean, you know, the films like this, like fan films, um, anything that's sort of a passion project, you are working on limited budgets. And but you want to get the best quality and and you want to have a group of people around you that you trust that have the same vision that can deliver. And that's why I'm looking into your histories. So tell me a little bit about sort of uh, you and Troy and and, and that early uh, sort of uh, the connection that has now led to to starring in in Bucketheads. Sure. So um, Troy is one of the first people I met after moving to Vancouver. I grew up in Germany, went to school there, and then came over to Vancouver in 2013 with you know, $1,000 in my pocket and the hopes of working in, in, in film. And uh, at the beginning, I did what most, most people do when they're out of film school and are looking to be on set. They go onto Craigslist and look for gigs. And uh, one of them was looking for a DOP for a web series. And I'm like, sure, let's uh, hit that person up. And, I'm just out of uh, film school. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You're ambitious. I love um, it. But um, I met with Troy at a Starbucks after contacting him on Craigslist. We always joke about that. We met in uh, the Men Seeking Men section. Um, <laughs> it was back in 2013. Um, and, and the cliche Starbucks, too. It's, you know, yeah, right. the, the, actor's, the actor's second job. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I was kind of like just saying like, yeah, I mean, I have a camera. I'm out of film school. I guess I can do this. He's like, okay, let's do it. So um, we shot two seasons of single dating in Vancouver together. Uh, I think at some point I also roped in Andy, uh, who is <laughs> yes. actually in single dating Vancouver as a background actor at some point and obviously did a whole <laughs> bunch of camera stuff. Um, First cameo. <laughs> but we just kept making projects together because we just work together really well. We're good friends now. Um, he's a great dude. And uh, apparently he thinks I'm a great dude. Uh, so ultimately, when it came to making bucket hits, uh, I knew that um, the main stormtrooper should be Troy because he's perfect for this. He has this really unique um, balance between like being... He has a certain intensity and a certain vulnerability vulnerability at the same time uh and i think it just it plays really well especially if you watch the sh short film in that final scene he takes off his helmet has this um moment with a with a rebel that he con confronts like it's so good and it's all troy well and chad but <laughs> do you guys know you guys sent me some stuff do you guys know which mp4 that was i've got them, i've got them all up i can bring them up right now Probably. Which uh, one are you looking for? Of Troy. Of Troy. Yeah, we can bring him up right now and show a little highlight reel. You would have sent the Troy's performance. Paso. How did you yeah. categorize? 
Well, let's do uh, this. We're going to play a random. We're going to play another video clip. Okay. Let's oh, go. I love it. There there we go. Troy. They're all good, man. <laughs> Fun fact, Come on. The, guy, the guy yelling for Jetta, that's Andy. I figured that, be, yeah. oh my God, so much fun. I, I've currently set up for camping in Alice Lake and I've got basically Endort for the, for our Vancouverites here. I'm, uh, my wife's up there alone. I've left her in Endor alone. But did you guys shoot all that in North Vancouver? Mostly? Uh, in that kind Surrey. of area? It looks a lot. South Surrey? South Surrey, yeah. Redwoods? That kind, of, that kind of area. What yeah, part? Panther Paintball. Panther Paintball is the paintball course we shot at. Um, they they sh they have a lot of big films come through and, and shoot there. Uh, yeah. It's a big massive paintballing course, so they can do anything they want on their own land, and they have you know all manner of log cabin built and all these things. So. Um, the forest were, as well. The for the forest as well is all part of is in that area. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. they I don't know how much of it is forest, maybe like a third, but they've got a, a nice little river that runs through. It kind of dissects one third of the course. So they just shut down that river forest and said, Hey, you guys have this entire third of the course. Go play, go find your spot, go do your stuff. Uh, and we actually, we, we kind of hacked out our, our space a little bit. Um, we brought in a bobcat to do some, some greenery work beforehand. Cause it was like thick with brambles. Uh, mm. And those get inside stormtrooper plastic and you're screwed. So, we had to do some cleaning out to make sure it was good for, for our troopers. It's so cool. I'm sorry. I'm in South Surrey right now, actually, at this moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. King George in 30 seconds. So I'm probably not too far away from there. But no, uh, we should basically should. Yeah. Once it was like 60, 64th, I think. Yeah, it's, it's 16, it 16 half and new 64. Crazy. Yeah, it's just yeah, down the street. Like that. So that's pretty cool. I'll have to go and just hang out there. So I got yeah. some cool set. I got some cool set pieces around my my area. We got you guys around here. We got Superman and Lois just around the block from my house. And we got, I just finished on got, that. I was just shooting on that. Ah, that was well, my go-to gig I, for the last. Uh, yeah, what were you? What months. were you? So we'll get we'll get back to that. So what's your gig on that? Uh, it was a DUT, digital utility. So DIT's right hand man, basically. Fantastic series, by the way. Fantastic. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, cool. Oh, Gavin Go Gavin ahead, Struthers with that first episode was like bananas. I, I was just going to say, uh, Marco, you, you, you touched on something I was going to ask you about, um, that scene with Troy and, um, uh, the, the rebel in the short film. Yeah. How has the story changed from that original short film to the, the new series that we're seeing now is, is some of that still, again, I don't want to jump into spoilers, but is, is some of that part of, of the new sort of series moving forward that, story theme line 
Sure. Uh, so yeah. the story hasn't changed. It has just evolved. In a way, okay. the the series takes place after the short film, but they're not. The events aren't directly connected. Um, okay. The the short film is more like an earlier chapter in Troy's character's life, but certain characters may come back later in the series. We don't know. I mean, I think we can give a heavy nod if you're okay with that, Mark. We can give a heavy sure. nod in, in saying sure. that after we released the short film, uh, that relationship between Stormtrooper and the Rebel, Troy and Chad at the end, was one of the, the things that the fandom majorly seemed to pick up on and, and really resonate yeah. with, right? They really enjoyed that sort of civil war, again, aspect of, of what was occurring. And these are individuals who know each other, but they're on different sides of this line and they've got to do what they've got to do. And we, we understood that, you know, we understood that that's what people picked up on, picked up on and what they liked. And we weren't willing to throw away that aspect of their story moving forward. Now we didn't define what the relationship is right. that exists there either. Um, so we've had time to play with that. There are some some theories out there. We've had time to play with that and um, refine it now, which is cool. Um, because think about like is, as as filmmakers, like isn't that isn't that one of those things that sort of makes you go like when when fans now have theories about where your story is going? Because like that that just seems like oh yeah, we've got them. We can you know yeah. totally hook them and. I, I'm assuming that you have a story mapped out as opposed to, oh, yeah, yeah, we got a story. Um, what a crazy concept, right, Disney? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, have, right. we, have actual, oh. we have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and we're following that path. So um, yeah. I, I, I love that. I love that shot, though, when the Death Star explodes. Sorry, spoiler alert, uh, in case people haven't seen Return of the Jedi yet. Uh, but that's that's what that kind of hooked me, because, again, you see it from, you know, the Return of the Jedi perspective, like, oh, yeah, hey, boom. The stormtroopers who are still waging this war on Endor now see like, oh, okay. I'm sure the I'm sure the Emperor's OK. You know, you know yeah, totally. Emperor, save us. Um, and. Again, Troy, this that that again, the acting it's, like that's it sells Mike, it. It's the, it's the Mike, it's the Kevin Smith thing. It's like, oh man, my uncle was up there, <laughs> yeah, or you know, contractors because they were I still not finished. Just, <laughs> or what am I going to do with all this plywood? <laughs> like, you yeah, know, yeah, there's yeah, all those exactly. things. So, yeah, go ahead, guys. Yeah, so, um, awesome. now as, as far as moving forward, like, is the entire show or the entire series shot? In, in post now or you still have stuff that needs to be uh shot no this is where the patreon comes majorly into play this this is such a weird project as producers to have to map out right to have any kind of a production schedule it's it's literally insane and uh it's very fluid um we prior to the patreon really picking up steam marco and i were funding everything out of pocket and we were basically just doing it as much as we could without letting our lives suffer Mm -hmm. um too much uh so, to <laughs> yeah too much uh so at this point we're, we're we've gotten to the point now where the patreon is is taking over that burden and, and um we're now using basically exclusively patreon funds to fund the rest of it uh we're in the middle of filming chapter two of episode one so there's three chapters for episode one we really did not want to break episode one up into three chapters we wanted to release it as a 30 minute piece of television 
Mm. But budget is everything. If you can't pay people, if you can't afford the location, if you can't build the set, you just can't do it. And we weren't we weren't wanting to string people along for like two and a half years saying it's it's coming. I promise you it's coming. Mm. No, we're still making it. It's coming. Um, and we, we figured that we could probably accelerate our timeline by showcasing something and showing people, hey, look, we've really upped the ante. Um, we're better filmmakers now than we were when we did the first one. We have more resources. So it was it was sort of a gamble in that sense of, OK, we're going to we're going to chop up episode one into three uh, chapters. Um, it fudges with the pacing of the episode a little bit, but we hope that, you know, we did a good enough job in massaging out those hiccups. Uh, and then, you know, just showing it to people and saying, hey, guys, look, we, we need the fans help to make this and to continue going. And we do have, like you said, we do have uh, our whole arc uh, uh, scripted out. Uh, we've got at least the outlines. We have many of the scripts going or fully uh, created at this point. But we have, you know, the entire outline of the season, um, what everyone's going to go through, the struggles, the you know, the victories, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to have to uh, get that off to some people and see if we can get some help here because this is deadly and it needs to happen. Uh, yeah, definitely. Huh? Uh, very cool. Chris knows all about the uh, the, about pa- the success as a patron, so it's good. It's been a good run for Chris or Skeletron. And, and, uh, and those awesome. Things. awesome. Congrats. You guys, so, so, so all the, like, best of luck with the Patreon side and, and we'll put ev- whatever we can do to support the cause and get this up for everybody. We're 100% going to do because I think it's... I mean, it looks so great and it's yeah. so, so cool. And I love, you know, I love the little, like, I know you guys broke it all up, but I, I'm fine with the smaller episodes. We get hammered every week with fucking 45 to an hour long episodes. And you guys are, I love this. You guys have broken it up. It, and I it think really it does leave easier. you wanting more, man. I tell you, as soon as I watched it, I immediately went and watched it again. Whereas if it was longer, I might not have did that. I'm hard to say it is really, really excellently done. But I, as soon as it was done. I went back and gave I gave you another view because I really liked it a lot. Awesome. And yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, having it all in one, I don't know. I guess I could take it We're either still- way. I guess the world isn't wide enough. Get immersed in the expansive views of the 48-inch customizable panoramic display in the all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid. Explore more at Lincoln.com. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. We're still dabbling with that formula. Um, you know, that that's kind of the nice part about really not being attached to a distributor or having to lock in some kind of a contract like that. Like, yes, we will deliver you absolutely five 30-minute episodes being that we control all those pieces, um, we, we've talked about maybe doing it as, uh, you know, chapters the whole way through. Um, maybe it will come to that. I, I can say the first two episodes absolutely have been written as 30 minute pieces of television. And, and there's pacing that goes into that kind of stuff. Um, you know, leading emotions and, and when to kind of have those false victories and things like that. So we would need to do a little bit of restructuring, but episode one fell uh, into three bite-sized chunks pretty well. And, and so that is something that our team constantly talks about. Hey, maybe we should just go out and, and do 10 to 15 minute pieces every time rather than a 30 minute episode. But we will we will very likely recut um, all of episode one together, all three chapters into the super cut of episode one and re-deliver mm-hmm. that for the chapter three delivery so that people right. can see kind of how we had planned on it being. The special edition. If yeah, you there will. you go. So, so <laughs> yes. let's, let's say that Disney not only gives you permission to use any character you want, but they will give you like their costume, the outfit, whatever you guys need to do that character, but only one character. What character do you guys pick to put in 
your next trilogy, your next, you know, to plan the next step. Is this, is, is, must this be someone that they've already portrayed on the big screen or could this be a character that exists in, um, uh, Disney Canon that we could like, just have them create for us if we want it with all the resources. You pick it. They'll, they'll make it. You'll, they'll make your dreams come true, man. It's Disney, right? Yeah. Whatever you want, my friend. This is like the tiny talent time of, uh, you know, the seventies. I could just snap my fingers. Snap my fingers. <laughs> make the wish come true. Absolutely. There you go, buddy. Yeah. What, what, what property would you, would you snap yeah, up? One character, man. Who would it be? One, one character. I mean, we've all, all this is put forward because of the, uh, season one trailer, the big trailer that kind of shows the, the overall arc of where we're going. Um, we have some pretty kick-ass costumes coming out for Galleus Rax that we're very excited for. Um, Ray Sloan, I think I would be really interested to see because that is in Disney's canon. It's it's only yeah. on the animated side that Disney's ever done anything with her. But um, I, I'd be pretty uh, excited if we could reach out to Disney and say, "Hey, put us together." You know, this is what this is where we're going with Ray. Let's see, mm-hmm. you know, what that looks creatively to you. Cool. For me, it would be Jar Jar Binks, and I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to explain this further. Oh, jeez! <laughs> you're going to kill him off. Lisa, I think we're going to have to stop this feed. Yeah. Oh like, my so we can edit this. The right? so in the middle of it. Yeah, we, we can edit, we can edit, edit this. But you know what we're going to do, Andy? So we're just going to do a highlight reel of this show, but we're going to pull that part out of Marco, and then we're going to yeah. send it to every member of the 501st and be like, "By the way, guys, Marco wants to do a Jar Jar movie," the, and then we'll see how that makes If the Patreon starts slipping. That's the reason why. Yeah, um, absolutely. In the turning well, point. Guys, let's, I, I hit, uh, let's throw another video. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I hit up Dave Filoni after he did his Mandalorian success. And I said, you know, you know, challenge, make Jar Jar Binks cool, my friend. And he didn't hit me back. I thought that would have been a good one. But that, that would have been oh, a good geez. challenge for Dave Filoni, right? Oh, yeah. Make let's see him make Jar Jar cool. Yeah. Let's have another. Uh, let's check another. So deep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's check another video, boys. Here we go. Yeah. That's right. Gentlemen, amazing that you made some time for us today. I really appreciate yeah, it. Thanks, I guys. Really guys appreciate you coming by. Oh, it's guys, totally thank rad. you for having us. It's super fun to talk all things Star Wars and, and uh, you know, especially with some intelligent, uh, knowledgeable fans <laughs> like yourselves. Yeah, thanks. Yes, I'm, I'm all about digging for the obscurity, uh, the obscure references. You Good know. job, Mike. Well, that's thank why we pay you. the big thank bucks. You. I know. We pay the big I, bucks. Sorry, I, I wanted to ask because I know you guys are, you know, you are currently working in the Vancouver, uh, like the, the, the film scene and, and that. Is, is there any, you know when you're working you're, you're obviously networking with with a lot of people um has word spread like the lore of Bucketheads? because uh, i mean you know there are some pretty prominent directors that have that have you know come and shot in vancouver uh who worked on the flash here was it andy or was it marco oh god both probably of both of us point. yeah at some point, <laughs> oh my god everybody I, in vancouver I worked on the so... flash 
I am so devastated that I only worked on Flash season three and not season two because in season two they had Mark Hamill on the show. And then oh, I was right. gonna say, okay, yeah. there, 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 there's my other obscure uh, reference. My there. little guy, my little guy is infatuated with this with that series, by the way. Because I was going to say, like, uh, did were any of you guys working when Mark Hamill was was and you know kind of pick that brain and sort of ahead of making this type thing? So I'm just curious if you're coming across anybody that you might you know that the the mind the Jedi mind trick get gets uh, passed out and people all of a sudden in Hollywood, yeah, there's a couple of guys up uh, in Canada there making this uh, hmm. really good Star Wars film. Hey, is anybody? got dave filoni's uh number on speed yeah. over there you know well one thing i can tell you mike is that we very recently got the opportunity to hang out with an actor who was in the mandalorian who uh, does have dave filoni on speed tile see so, there you go. see and this is this is where the whole you know network that that's great though. <laughs> and i mean you know not only are you getting you know you've, you you get the experience being on set and seeing you know how things are going because i was going to ask you you guys filmed a lot of this during covid and i mean yeah. how you know were you able to take stuff that you saw like how things were being handled on set from like a you know a covid standpoint and and sort of bring Absolutely. that to your set as well yeah, 100%. It um, it didn't all translate, right? Because some of it is stuff that you can only really do with a lot of personnel and, and a big budget and a ruthless <laughs> team of COVID and individuals money. Yeah. and money. Yeah, so some of it doesn't translate, um, but but absolutely everything that we were doing was taken from uh, like the IATSE guide, guidelines or, um, hmm. you know, the, the bigger motion picture players here in the province and, and how they were dealing with that kind of stuff. We definitely took a page out of the book. So, so it's really great. I love the fact that it's local, man. I love the fact that you guys have filmed this. I'm here. jealous of I the kind of stuff that you guys have filming out there. I mean, we've got. You should see what we got going on out it's here. Awesome. It's crazy. Like, <laughs> it's I know, awesome. I know that uh, I, I think the boys is filming in Toronto and Hamilton right now. That's cool. Uh, I've been handling. Uh, yeah. I've, been, I've been doing. I've been doing movie logistics for COVID testing, so I got a pretty good vibe for what's oh, happening locally, locally, and a lot of the stuff. But the, the movie business is the biz, the one business that didn't stop. It's yeah. one of the ones that really didn't stop, and um, you know the, their testing protocols and stuff like that were 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 like the rest of the world should have followed because it was quite quite extensive, and it allowed them to keep working, and it drove a pile of money into the local economy too, as well. I mean, the, the, the Superman and Lois, as we were talking about, um, Andy is, you know, just here in Cloverdale, just around the corner. And I think they've signed a pretty decent lease there. They've got a mini Smallville set up. It looks amazing. Like it just looks like, you know, and they've just jumping a pile of money and, and they're filming the new John Cena down here. They just filmed a Jim Carrey down here. So this whole, this area, I told Mike before, like this, this area where I'm in, in Cloverdale kind of Surrey area, is on fire right now for productions. So for sure. it's, it's stoked. And I'm, I'm really glad you guys are able to work through that and present this really cool uh, series and, uh, and film to the world. So I can't, can't wait, wait to see where it's it. going. Yep. Stoked yeah. for more. We can't, we can't wait. Where can we, yeah, where can stuff, we find guys. you? Where can, where can we find you in all the things? We're going to find Marco series. playing com. Republican commando in about another half hour. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, you can find us best on our landing page, which is on screen right now, bucketheads-series.com. And all the socials, we are at Bucketheads Film on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. 
And if you want to support the Patreon, the Patreon is mm. uh, patreon.com slash Twin Sun Film Foundation. Um, and that's for, we, we Marco and I are, are Transmute Pictures. That's our sort of for-profit company. And then we created a not-for-profit, which is Twin Sun Film Foundation, uh, specifically to do bucket hits. Sweet. Like that's Marco. That's Andy. Creators of uh, Bucket Heads. Rad series. Everyone check it out when you get yeah. a chance. Oh, Gentlemen, yes. uh, now that I know you're that, that you're in the area, uh, next time you're filming, you got to let me know. And uh, Absolutely, man. Yeah. You got to let me know. And uh, you can shoot me. You can throw me out of a cannon. Whatever you got to do, just blow me up. I'm good. Uh, I'll volunteer for getting <laughs> kick, blown up. Kick him in the nuts. Yeah, that's right. Whatever it takes. If you need the, like, we've got this idea for a stormtrooper that gets kicked in the balls. Crotch shot. Oh, remember that guy that we were on that podcast? Yeah, let's call that asshole. So let's anyway, get that guy. In. Hit our him. next dangerous stunt, no danger pay volunteer lined up. Copy that. That's right. I heard, it's, I heard it's recorded. It's it there. And no, you've, the, the, you've seen what we do to stormtroopers, right? Yeah. I work, and the Ewoks, I work for yeah. Co- I work. I work for Coffee Boys. No, you just hey, you get an you get an IMDb credit. There you go. That's that's that too. That too. Absolutely. Andy, Marco, thanks so much, guys, for your time. Boys, back any time. So cool, man. Thank you, guys. Can't wait to and have you back. And, you. Thank we'll you, gentlemen. Up and running. Nice. Here's another clip for you. Uh, this is the trailer again for everybody. Uh, awesome. awesome. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Take Thank care, you. guys. You don't need to listen to our boring chats, but I noticed they used the Willem scream as well. So yes, I, I, thank you. Oh I, yeah, yeah. I noticed that in the, in the uh, first that. episode. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'm used really the happy to hear that. I was like, oh, there it is. You can't have yeah. one with that one. So there you yeah. go. Uh, it's a very, very cool, very, very I, good I was, job. I, I was actually going to see if that was like one of those things that uh, that Disney has as their things you have to sort of abide by the. <laughs> there has to be a Wilhelm scream in there. That's so awesome. Good. I like that. And he said, and he said he can't have a Star Wars. With That's it. right. So I, we That's we right. do agree. We do agree. We do That's agree. Right. Um, okay. Moving on. I, we got uh, the handful of minutes left here. I want to update you guys. Cause I went and saw quiet place too yesterday in a movie theater where Mike oh, yelled yeah, at me. Right, right, right. Yes, and it was, I, uh, I'm, I'm very happy to hear that. What was it? Was it Tommy or was uh, it Marco Andy? If you guys went back in on a white on a quiet place, feel free to raise your hand. But man, what a film! What a series, Chris! I don't. We were talking horror movies back in November. Yep. Uh, we were talking about like our favorite and scariest horror movies of all time. This thing, this series. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Uh, Marco hasn't seen it. 
so anyways, if, if, well, I've uh, seen the first one. So yeah, like so the second seen, one's out now. The second one full is full movie, or it's, it's a series. Yeah, full movie. Full no, oh, no, okay. it's a full movie. It was supposed to come out like a year and a half ago, and then all the madness oh, hit. Okay. Um, um, oh, now I get we're, we're going to spoil the shit out of this for you, Marco. Well, I I well you can't throw any spoilers because <laughs> I haven't seen it yet either. You can't talk about God it yet. Damn it! What, yep. you, what are you doing, right. man? Nobody's seen it. You can't talk about it yet. Oh, because you know, out west, you guys can go to the movies. Yeah, come on, go. man. I'm not driving. So you can brag I've been sitting here it, for fucking. Listen us. to me. I've been sitting here for fucking months, listening to you guys go on about Marvel and all this shit, <laughs> and I'm expected to know the fucking eighth character on a fucking Doctor Strange thing, and here I am going. Well, if Mike guys, and I had access to this movie, maybe we could talk about it. But we we can't we can even watch it if we wanted to. Okay, you saw the first one, right? Yeah, first one was great. Okay, let's go. And maybe one. one. All right, yeah, Fantastic Four. They should they should go into that. So the pre- so well, yeah, they want them. Yeah, get them to uh, to be husband and wife, right? Yeah, they'd be great. Yeah. Anyways, we saw part two. Okay, fine. I'm gonna give. I'm just gonna say it's no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, great. Four and a half star. <laughs> I gave I gave it four and a half deaners out of five. So All right. <laughs> it's uh, it was uh, it was done great, and it took the kids, which is great, and uh, oh, it's okay. the perfect mix of Jaws. Alien, Jurassic Park, and um, and uh, Blair Witch. Who knew that Jim from The Office could be such a good director? I mean, fantastic! Holy shit, I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. So, anyways, that uh, when I was, we were allowed to go to the movie theater. Went to the theater, yeah, yeah. took the kids instead of a children's movie. We we're like, you're gonna or sit there, and we're gonna freak your minds out. So, uh, well, we talked about the previews. Did you see any, pre- any good movies coming up? Well, it's just, it's uh, no, they didn't have any previews at the movies other than what we're oh. seeing online. I don't know. Okay. They, they didn't. It was kind of like, I think they're limiting everybody. It's like, come in, right. eat your popcorn, get yelled at by Mike, put the movie on. <laughs> I like the pre- I'm one person. I like the previews. I think the previews are really cool. Me too. Like, they just, I don't, they Top I Gun. You know what gets me? You know what grinds my gears when I go to the theater, Mike? When they play the same commercials on the screen that I see at home. I'm at the movie theater, man. If you're going to show me a commercial, you show me a different commercial. Come on, step it up a bit, right? <laughs> But yeah, yeah, you're right. See, Andy agrees with me. Uh, Yeah, it's ridiculous, but the the previews are great. Not that's your fault, Mike. Mike's like, I know. Sorry, man. Like, sorry, dude. No, no, it's just funny because like, hey, some of those ads at home. Yeah, it's funny. It was, uh, yeah, they, I mean, they, they showed Top Gun again, which I'm stoked to see, but I want to see that in IMAX, obviously. You got to see a Top Gun. Did they show Fast and the Furious 9, F9? Oh, fuck's sakes, I hope Going not. Back How does it get up to movies. that? How does it go to episode nine? That's crazy. I have a thing up on my, I have a thing up on my, on, on my Blundell pro, Dean Blundell profile where it's like, the Rambo, the, light, the, the Rambo remake that Stallone was in a few years ago where they were into like, uh, uh, overseas and he was on a 50 cal for the last 25 minutes of a movie. The difference between that and the fast and furious franchise is a big, big, there's a big difference between the two. And if you get it, we can hang out. If you don't fast and furious, it's just a bunch of cars rolling around. It's not as cool as John wick. It's not as cool. Like, I don't know. There's a certain amount of like, eh, eh, I don't know. I was never a fast and furious guy. Cause I'm like, Cars circling. Yeah, I've actually never seen one of those movies. Yeah, another another thing I've never seen Titanic movie, and I've never seen that uh, that other one with the, with the blue people in it. What's that movie with that was really popular by Cameron as well? Avatar. The, yeah, Avatar. I've never seen Avatar, and I've never seen Titanic. Just just Avatar is just feel the dream. Avatar is just uh, Dancing with Wolves. That's yeah, and it. Titanic. Spoiler alert: the boat sinks. Yeah, the boat sinks, right, Mike? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. two of those. It's just so weird because those movies always come up when you're talking in, in movie circles with people who aren't like 
big comic or Star Wars heads, and I always blow their minds by going, I "Haven't seen either of those." Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was just fun to get to get back out there. Obviously, we're in uh, we're further ahead than the rest of the country out here. Um, Way to go! Which has, been, which has been pretty rad, but we were able to do some cool shit. So, going to the movies was one of them, and that was awesome to be able to go do that. So, I went yeah, to the comic book store today. That was awesome. I like that. That's a big win. That's a big yeah. win for your province. That's well. fun. Yeah, I went to the comic book store, got to do some dollar bin shopping, found some good books. It was very cool to see uh, footage from the uh, Foo Fighters at Madison Square Gardens. Uh, Madison Square Garden. Hmm. Yeah, Chappelle and, got up and did. Uh, Chappelle got up and did, did, uh, did Radiohead. Yeah, <laughs> did Radiohead. So, but uh, yeah, the the Foo's are taking a lot of shit for that. Not from anyone of whatever of relevance, but they're taking a lot of shit of like that. It was a. It was a, uh, you know, only vaxxed show and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I'm heading back out in a couple of weeks. So concerts are back, man. I'm, I mean, yeah. they're back. They're back yeah. into an extent. There's only like six tours going out. I'm on one. But like there's a few well, there's, other, other saw, ones going there's around. There's a festival show that's coming to Edmonton at the end of August. That's, I just their, that's their like P. That's like the, their CNE, our P&E. That's like. Oh, is that like what it is? Out, oh, okay. It's like their outdoor series where they can just do shows. They have a pretty killer lineup. Um, yeah. We got a pretty killer lineup of Canadian bands, which I'm always a fan of. Um, our buddy Jeff from Moist, I think is playing one of them. And, and um, uh, Ken, Ken or, uh, Watchman will be playing it too. Yeah. So it's going to be kind of, yeah. Concerts are back uh, a little bit. I know your daughter's going out, Chris and uh, yep. Taylor, she's going out on something. So I think we're all pretty stoked about uh, that. I know I am looking forward to getting out and seeing a show again. I'm so. still staying. I'm, I'm even, I'm more locked up at home than I've ever been. Cause I just, cause all the pages <laughs> I'm, I'm doing right now, it's nuts, yeah. man. Like it, insane how busy i am it's good though but I, i'm not going anywhere for a while i want to go mini golfing actually and there's a mini golf what? place and uh and a driving range where you drive out until like you drive it out to a pond the golf balls and stuff so nice uh, yeah i want to go and do that that's we went mini golfing on father's day actually yeah we went mini oh, golfing and then uh, I, I was golfing and nobody's gone in a long time yeah i know i want to get yeah. out there and do some I like to do well some you can tell that the, you can tell that they didn't put much effort into it because like the the actual mini golf oh, people were like oh yeah uh, Marco's okay. gonna jump. Yeah, no problem, right, Marco. Good. Thanks, thanks, guys. Uh, we appreciate you hanging out and uh, and and chilling. And you're welcome to jump back in on anything you want here. He should go spend some time with the wife because he's going to be playing video games. Uh, yeah, for a while. The next six seven hours, thanks to you. That's right. Um, <laughs> Republic Commando. Yeah. Cheers, <laughs> buddy. High five. Virtual virtual, virtual high ten. Yeah, Marco, game. Andy, great come. Game. Marco, Andy, come back anytime, guys. Yeah, take yeah. care, dudes. Yeah, this I'll is, get there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, squadron for me. Have a great night, dude. Thanks, Andy. No problem, buddy. Really appreciate you hanging out. Let's stay in touch, man. Get us on, on all the things and uh, let us know what you're up to, especially us Vancouver people. We got to stick together now. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I feel like awesome. a lot of negative uh, Ontario uh, vibes right now. Know. You know what? Wow. All you got to do, Mike, is, I know, right? Like, Mike, Mike, all you got to do is move west. All right. And then you see the shit that we take out west and put the east. And that's how it happens. That how, I, that's, dude, I no, am. Nobody, nobody talks shit about Vancouver. I, I live. I don't know. <laughs> I am. I am honestly oh, waiting. Beast. I am honestly oh, waiting for things to, to, I don't want to say open up, but get back more to normal that travel is considered more normal. Um, Cause I can't wait to get out to, to your side of the, uh, the rock again. Cause I had, you know, I was going through, you know, Facebook pictures and I found the shots when, when I came out to, uh, to visit you and we one day. Or yeah. Yeah. Which was, you know, it was one day, but it was a kick ass day and my first trip to Vancouver. So like that was, 
mind blowing. And I got to bring the boy with me, man. He's got to, he's got to check it out. You know, he's got to see life outside of Brantford, Ontario (laughs) and outside of Disney, which is, you know, the other, you know, the other place that we're, we're already, we're already booked and ready to go. As soon as things lift, like the end of August, we're there. You know, I, on the other hand, am hoping to be in Vegas uh SummerSlam. For SummerSlam. And then I'll nice. fly over to Orlando and meet up with the family. Like priorities, right? You know? Yeah. Gotta get those right. So but yeah, man, it's uh yeah, I feel like it's winding down. I feel I'm feeling pretty good. And you know, I'm seeing uh seeing my, my buddies and 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 their wives and their uh, significant others getting their shots and you know, it's uh it's a good it's it's a good feeling vibe. Chris, you're all about, you're all, you got yours, right? You got your first or your second? One. No, I just yeah, got yeah. one. Just one. Hmm. And a BMX bike. I'm doing good. Doing good. So Mike, <laughs> if Magnum TA yes. could, could have, could have kept, if he could have kept wrestling. Yes. It's a good one. What do you, what do you, what do you think Vince would have did? Cause he would have went to the WWF like back in the day. Right. So yeah, what do you I think would have happened to him? Yeah. So let's, uh, let's just say he did. What would have happened to him? Uh, wow. That's some serious fantasy booking. Um, I say he would have been in the NWA for a while. Mm -hmm. He still would have, he would have, he would have been sting before sting. Mm, Okay. They're all right. I think the dude, he was, he was that guy when Mm -hmm. Vince got his hands on him, he would have been the early version of Billy Gunn. (laughs) That's that's my guess. I I figure he would have been, they would have brought him because he looked like Tom Selleck. He had that. He totally whole, did. Yeah. And at that, that time, too, that's what the ladies thing. liked, yeah. right? Was the Tom Selleck look. Yeah. yeah. He would well, think about Rick Ruth, Rick Rude, and you got Rick yeah. Rude and, yeah. um, and in essence, Jake Roberts both kind of looked like him. <laughs> Jake, yeah. 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 He had a little bit more of the. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think Rick Rude, yeah, Rick Rude and Magnum TA would have been a little more, yeah, a little more Magnum. I'm than, talking about the long hair mullet mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. kind of like what was going on because you had full beard Macho Man, full beard Billy Jack Haynes. That's two weeks in a row I've dropped that name. Um, you had the <laughs> Corporal Kirshner with the baby face. You had, who else had the mustache? Who else had a mustache then? Um, Back then? Oh, oh yeah, de- de- smash! I think smash from demolition, but there was a, there was a handful of mustache guys. Yeah, yeah Mike. Oh, so Mike, and here's another. So, how about Gino Hernandez, who unfortunately passed away? Oh, Gino. But what, what about Gino? Because he would have went where the money was. He would have probably went right to Vince, right? Uh, I don't know if I don't know if he would have been Vince's cup of tea. Uh, no, huh? I think he would have been another NWA guy for for a while. Uh, I, I've heard a couple preferences of saying that he would have been a great uh, million dollar man. Because he was already like basically that was yeah, him. Yeah, he, he was styling and profiling, uh, you know that whole that whole vibe. Uh, that's mm. it's it's cool, you know, to to sort of go back, and that's what I loved about having the network for a while. They they had a lot of the old WCCW shows, like mm. uh, the World Class Championship stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Erickson, and and I remember having like the old wrestling magazines. And back then, that was the only way I knew of all this other stuff around there. And uh, you would see like the Gino Hernandez, Chris Adams feud, and you know, mm-hmm. the Monarchs and the Free. They'd be, they'd be ranked stuff. in the back, like NW. They'd have the rankings for each league in the back pages there of, of you know who was ready for for the belt next. And us, oh, so, I love well, those mags. Well, it's crazy because Adam and I, we, I when I was uh, it was maybe two weeks ago, I was sitting waiting mm-hmm. to pick up Owen from from his job, and I'm sitting in the parking lot waiting for him to come out, and and. I somebody had posted a picture from the back of one of those Bill After mags and they used to have the rankings. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, 
Oh, my, like, and so I'm texting Adam. He's like, dude, I remember we used to like, you know, see who the champ was in Memphis or like, you know, uh, uh, Florida championship wrestling. And like, that's, that's how you used to, you, know, you would get that magazine be like, who's the number one tag team. Oh, it's always the road warriors, man. The road, yeah. warriors. maybe the heart foundation is going to do it. Maybe, and then oh, number two, you know? So yeah, yeah that, that's, and what I, I don't know. I guess it's kind of like behind seeing behind the curtain all these years later, finding out and I'm sure, you know, it was pretty obvious back then, but all that stuff, all the stories in the magazines, like all those, you know, Rick Steamboat thinking of leaving, you know, and the reason why <laughs> mm-hmm. those were all just made up. That was like the ultimate wrestling fan fiction by those uh by by the contributors to those magazines just taking the stories that you know the the guys that were in in the different feds and writing these stories that had nothing to do with what was actually going on you know hulk hogan uh you know kamala didn't have hulk hogan's head on a stick and mm-hmm. there wasn't like this you know uh the reason why hulk hogan was ducking kamala because he was afraid he was going to be you know beheaded and and you know head shrunk type thing so uh, yeah that kind of like that, it a little bit bummed me out and i'm like man all these years i thought like i thought there was at least like a, some, something real about that especially, especially when you read the stories about how kamala and hogan were like barbecuing together wait are you just getting his head ready on the barbecue or what's going yeah. on yeah. but that was so. the ultimate kit like we were kids so what so it was such an ultimate good guy bad guy it wasn't until mm. what was your first mid carter that you guys liked that medium because we talked about it a couple weeks ago like hogan was so larger in life that i think mm. it he kind of brought all of us in I think that whole thing, Hogan brought everything in. Cause when you're, when you're first programmed to watch wrestling as a kid, it was, these are your good guys. These are your bad guys. Yeah. And at the time, because movies are good and evil, bad. Like, I think I have to say for myself, you're like, okay, so Hulk Hogan's the main good guy and Roddy Piper's the bad guy. And then like, that's what you got you into the good turn, like the heel turn. Well, I was always amazed with like, um, I didn't, he wasn't, I wasn't a fan. Like, like, Oh my God. It's, but whenever Abdullah, the butcher was on when I was younger because of those uh-huh. magazines, because you'd see the pictures yeah. of them and there's blood everywhere. And you're literally like, <laughs> Oh my God, that's Abdullah, the butcher. And you're literally like, that guy just cuts people. He and it's just, it's what? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what the hell is this? And then later you find out the guy's a complete piece of crap. You know what I mean? Like he's giving people terrible diseases. But when I was younger, it was Abdullah. Cause, cause, cause again, it would be visiting the States or whatever. You know what I mean? And you'd be leaving the motel room and like, Oh my God, here's like wrestling that I don't get to see in Canada. And it was always, Oh my God, it's Abdullah the butcher. Cause he, and he, cause he just looked, he didn't look like a wrestler. He looked like some deranged psycho that walked off the street and there's always blood all over the place. So as a kid, that's, he enamored me. Yeah, but the Road Warriors were my all-time favorite growing up. The Road Warriors, man, Road Warriors, Road Warriors, Road Warriors. Because they they like they love Kiss and they look like Kiss. They, that's where they got that from. They've admitted it over and over again. That's they saw Kiss. They were like, man, we got to do that. So Road Warriors. Uh yeah, mid card. I I just remember I remember Tito Santana, man. He was he was the guy. Mm. Tito and Greg Valentine. And I'll never forget when they had that when they had the cage match where uh, Tito won the belt from Greg the Hammer, and Greg just smashed the belt like because he's a big you know yeah. being a suck about it, smashed the belt into the cage, deforming this 
you know, the Intercontinental Championship. And then they debuted what we would then know during mm. the 80s was the, the, the familiar Intercontinental belt that, uh, you know, Macho Man had and, uh, you know, Brett had. So, I mean, that, I remember that cage. And I'm like, this is like, and Tito just on his hands and knees with the belt crying. Like, uh, oh, so. Valentine, he's a respectable dude, right? Like I'm seeing interviews of him, like recent ones. And he seems like a, like a pretty rad guy and he looks like he kept it together. I don't know. Just- well, and funny, Greg Valentine, I have a little story and this goes back to the days when, uh, when Adam and I were in college and he would wrestle like in these little small Ontario towns yeah. and we were at a show in Minden, Ontario. It was, yeah, it was Minden. And, uh, and Greg Valentine was the, uh, I don't want to say celebrity. He was like the the ringer that came in, you know, the the old timer, big name mm-hmm. draw type thing. And I I remember thinking how sad it was after the show. He was sitting at one of those old school desks, you know, the ones that had the chair attached. That, you yeah. know, we were in public school, sitting at that to sign autographs after the show. And I think there may have been maybe a hundred, 150 people at the show total. And there's like, no, like he's just sitting there and there's Ooh. nobody. Come. And I'm thinking, man, like this is, the this hammer, is the guy man. that I was like, you know, but yeah, when he's yeah. with Bruce beefcake, I, oh, man, I see, you see like new interviews with him. He always just look like he's got it together. And he just, you know, he seems pretty good for a guy who's been, you know, beating the crap out of himself and other man, people. All this a lot life. of those guys, they, they, you know, they, they didn't make it. And some, some of the yeah. guys that did, it took a little while for them to, to mm. sort of sort things you out. Think about that too, on the, on the Valentine thing too. Uh, and to your point, Mike, about him sitting alone, you know, I remember when we did the Bret Hart Invitational a couple of years ago out at, um, out at uh, X-Fest in Vancouver or in uh, Calgary. And, you know, <clears throat> We had to, I had to go, you know, I had Jinder come and we had um, um, Davey Boyce uh, Jr. And getting the breakdown of what these guys cost, you know, it was pretty affordable. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as like, if you're putting on an event, you can snag one of those kind of mid-carter guys for around two Gs, which is not too bad if you're doing like a hundred people, 200 people at a thing, mm-hmm. at, at an event. But I always feel like looking at that, to your point, I saw the honky man, the honky tonk man do it a couple of years ago by my house and no one came to see him. It's like... Mm-hmm. I get it. That's where the extra money is, but you know what? Go the other way and add the, add the value add to the promoter and be like, listen, I know you're, you're struggling. I was going to charge you 2000. I actually want 3000, but I'm going to sign everyone for free. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. meet everybody for free. And I feel like that was a better experience for that the promoter. That would be way better. Yep. And have the promoter be like, Hey, listen, I'm going to pay you more. I don't want you to set up your, your autograph thing. Unless it's like, like CM Punk coming to Cloverdale, <laughs> like where, you know, yeah. he's going to make a hundred bucks. A, well, I'm just talking about like your normal, your Magnum TAs, you the, know? Old, the old your, legends, the, the old, you know, your, your guys, guys that, that yeah. are like, cause some of those guys, I mean, you know, like gender was making, you know, you do five, six G's a weekend to do appearances. It's still a good living. It's a hell of a living still, yeah. you know what I mean? To, to, to kind of do it, but like to, to not sell out, to not sell autographs and just sign for everybody in the crowd. I feel like, and you're the promoter that offers that. Now all of a sudden, all your wrestling shows are selling out because they know every mm-hmm. fan's going to meet the, meet the band. They're all yeah. going to meet it. And I, it's an but interesting. I think thing. you know. And again, I I don't know. Uh, but I think for some, it's you know, it it's the motivation of what it is, right? I mean, if the if the motivation is you want to make a couple of you know a couple grand on a weekend, 
and you know the promoters flying you in they're putting you up in a hotel and they're paying you and you get to you know charge money for your merch i mean it's it's a business they you know from that standpoint they spent how many ever years back in the 80s 90s when they didn't have a lot of the luxuries that some of the younger guys and girls have now um you know they they put their time in they paid their dues you know that's you know they're 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 cashing in now this is their retirement plan uh you know to to make a couple of bucks in their in their retirement years and some of them you know some of them doing it do it willingly some of them are you know happy to do it because they they genuinely love the fans and they they love you know the routine right of the traveling the the contribution that they made to you know there's a a circle of appreciation and some just do it because it's easy money and i can't wait for it to come up again because man we get them here man we have brett Hart here just before everything hit tommy dreamer <clears throat> excuse me um there's a whole bunch hacksaw jim Duggan was here like it was just like they were coming here man i i, I just got into oh, wrestling during the, covid that right was lock wrestling i remember that yeah G- yes, Lock wrestling that's yeah. what we have here mike yeah so, jimmy cordero sonardo cal uh, they came down for that and uh yeah i remember okay. that oh yeah so chinlock wrestling that's a cool thing that's like a yeah, they, they, that was uh, that was a one-off a couple of years ago, and they brought okay. in some pretty good names uh, right. for it, and uh, and it was sponsored by Leon's. So, that's our Chinlock is the one that runs the Kingston yeah. area here for wrestling. Yeah. So, yeah, that's well, another way, one. I was going to say the uh, owner, yeah. uh, one of the the owners of Leon's, or the, you know, one of the bigwigs of Leon's, Louis Leon, guy I deal with. He's a huge wrestling fan, super, nice. super huge wrestling nice. fan. So yeah, it's. Well, uh, I can't wait for the guy to get going around here because I'm really looking forward to going to meeting some some wrestlers and just seeing some some amateur wrestling going on. The younger guys starting out, man. I'm really really looking forward to that. And the other, I was one of the wrestler I was going to ask you about, Mike, but we might have to wait because we're almost pretty much out of time. But I think I, I'll, I'll lead into it. We'll We'll go into it next time, but did Test come up the same time as Edge? Yes, yeah, he was. Okay. I think he was in the same. Uh, I think he was part of the same Funkin' Dojo that Adam was uh, at with uh, Valvinus and okay, right, right, Glenn Kalka. Who see, I know. forgot all about Test, and and I was never a fan of him. Like I, I respected yeah. him for sure, but I was never like, hey, yeah, it's Test. You know what I mean? Like never he used to be a bounce at our shows. Exactly. Joshua. So this was another thing I was going to bring up. Oh, they yeah, started yeah. out in the Ajax area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so Andrew, I didn't know. Andrew Martin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, he's passed away. Took yeah. A bad turn there. But yeah. I, anyway, that's another one I wanted to ask you more. Do you do? You, were you around for that at all? Uh, really? Yeah. Test not so much. Yeah. I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't remember. Too were him and Adam. Him and Adam. Him and Adam weren't uh, close or anything like oh, that. I, I'm sure they probably were. I just, nothing that you. Okay. Cool. Not that I, I, I didn't know if that was going to be one of those ones. Like, oh, let me tell you. No, no, there's no. You never know, right? Because no. it's it's funny because they came up such close proximity. Yeah. Well, and, and but it's a tale of two stories, really. It's a tale yeah. of two, two ways that it could have went, and unfortunately for Testo, it didn't go the. They were the so right similar. Way. That's it. Yeah, they were they were very similar. Like they could have been a tag team um, if something mm-hmm. happened between Edge and Christian. I think they could have walked away with that being pretty cool. Actually, because they're both huge dudes. I was going to say it's it's funny because uh, earlier tonight. Um, on, on Sportsnet, they were running like classic uh, NHL games. So it was the Flyers Montreal from 76, game four of the oh, Stanley wow. Cup finals. So I'm just messaging Adam and saying like how great it is to watch some of these old games and compare the game then to the game now. And, and you know, you hear some of the names like that were playing, you know, Lafleur and Mahovlich and, oh, you know, dude. 
and like just yeah. you know Dryden, the you know Bob Gainey, the Lambert, like it was it was amazing. Mm-hmm. So and then he he sent me a picture that he saw and he's like I had never he goes I I had never seen it and it's a it's a picture that somebody had posted of back when Adam was uh, part of the SmackDown Six and it's a shot of him and Rey Mysterio like he's he's launching Rey leapfrog. And Eddie's on the turnbuckle to get a hurricanrana. And I'm like, wow. man, like that was, you know, we're watching this hockey and like, this is like classic hockey. And I'm like, yeah. this period of wrestling was really good. And we were saying like a lot of these guys, cause Rene Robert passed away today. Uh, mm. Part of the French connection. Um, yeah, I saw that. And he was 73. And Adam goes, it's crazy to think like these guys that we, you know, watched and and heard like these athletes when we were kids, now they're dying. And I'm like, dude, you're now getting in the ring with guys and girls that were kids when you were a rookie. So, you know, (laughs) it's that same like aged thing. Like now a lot of these kids that looked up to you are looking up, are looking up to you the same way that, you know, we looked up to like Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair and, you know, Macho Man. Like, are they, are they just, are they looking up or are they looking on their phones? on their twitch streams you know that's that's what yeah. they're doing but so, uh, just on another side where you're mentioning uh adam there so i found two more characters that they're talking about that he could possibly play oh if mr if mr sinister makes a play in the x-men coming up i think he could do a pretty rad mr sinister and Ooh. he's a huge huge villain huge villain but i think his, his, his facial features and there's another one that's coming up and this is more with the mephisto side of things that could go with dr strange and that's belasco and he also has a tie with the x-men um but another huge villain has a tie with a whole bunch of other ones they're talking about possibly coming a bit anyway belasco and mr sinister villains right. again right two, two more villains i was thinking uh saber tooth at first yeah, but, uh, there's got to with his jaw. There's got to be a, a superhero that would. Well, be I'm telling you, like he he will at some point. He's going to come on the show, and this is exactly what we'll have to discuss. We will have to guide his career yeah. in the Marvel universe. <laughs> there you go. Uh, or the DC well, I've universe. Got, I, I've, I've got the perfect role for him. I want him actually in the Spaceball sequel as Lone Star and Princess Vespa's son. Okay. So because Bill Pullman, Bill Pullman looks a little, and it's like, well, we've got this, you know, and then he comes raging in, and you know, yeah. So I'm. I'm going with that. I want him in the Spaceballs equal. Okay. I heard rumblings. I heard rumblings that uh, Melissa McCarthy was going to be uh, Mog's daughter. Which oh, jeez. Just please don't. Anyways, no, no, don't mess with. They're going there to search for more money. <laughs> Mel Brooks said it was happening. <laughs> he did. That's coming. That's fair enough. It's that time oh, of the show. That's I can that always tell my show, legs Mike. are getting sore. I have an answer this week. Where can we find <laughs> you now? You can now find me or hear me at Cineplex Theaters in the West Coast. Uh, thankfully, now that you're back uh, to, to seeing movies live, you'll be able to hear me there. And again, yes, uh, shouts to my my peeps at Chorus and uh, Showcase, baby. It's, it's, uh, it's exciting. So, yeah, if you hadn't uh, had enough of me yet, you're going to get more of me now. So thank you very much. My, to, to the point where my da- we were in the movie and my daughter looked at me and she's like, is that Mike again? Yep. <laughs> that's that's awesome. it. Congratulations, to, Mike. That's to awesome. Quote, you to quote the, uh, the legendary Venus flytrap from the WKRP episode where Good. they do the uh, drinking, uh, the yep. drinking on air on the air. 
I am the air. I love it. Cops got a hat. I want a hat. Nice lid, Arch. Nice lid. Congrats to you and uh, and your wife and uh, Carolyn on uh, the graduation of yet another child. Oh, I didn't know where that was going for a second there. Yeah, no. no. Trust me. Trust me. If there's if there's if there's one sequel that ain't happening, it's that That was a lead for a doctor. That was a lead in for a sequel, Mike. I was like well, it's good. I mean, Carolyn's been able to stay out of jail from cornering Eddie Vedder, so she's got all the time <laughs> in the world now. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah props to my daughter Jules, uh, smartest, Jules. Kid, smartest kid in her graduating class. Don't know where she got that from because it's well sure done, younglings. You are the future. Give her time. Give her time, Mike. Give her time. Yeah, it's true enough, <laughs> boys. Till next week, we'll see ya. Cheers, Thanks, buddy. buddy. See you, Mike. See you in a while, Take man. Care. There we go. Get another one. It's like I can always tell when we get near the end when my ass starts getting sore. Yeah, there's Skeletron. So we'll be start advertising issue two here in the next few days. We're just finishing up. Oh, so much stuff. It's awesome. Hold on a second. Keep talking. Keep talking. Okay. So yeah. So Skeletron number one is out. A couple issues left. Go to Etsy. Dot com and you type in you type in Machete Comics, but it's one word. Don't separate separate the two words. And you will find there might be a couple left on there, I think. And if you live in Kingston, go down to Nexus Comics. There's a couple down there. Other than that, we're running out. Sold out. Yes, there's one in Vancouver. And it's yeah, there right. you go, buddy. I got, got one. Look at that. Lonnie Cochran. Chris Cochran. Yep. You gave out. You, you didn't give. You didn't go with your stage name. But there we are. No, no, beautiful. no. It's got to be. That's legit. It's I know right, that. You know. I know that. It's beautiful, man. I haven't even opened it. Well, and it came there's with the little, Yeah, there came with the sticker. And stickers the, on the, the back and all the rest of it. Ah, didn't you get some other goodies in there too? I did. I did. I just got, got them over there, but I, I did. I got oh, a, that's cool. that's I got some, some of those cool are for stuff. the kids, right? Like yeah. some of the oh, stuff gonna, in there is for no. the kids as well. How about that? Yeah, Batman? Fine. See that Batman Superman comic. I know it's deadly. I love it. Uh, Lonnie? You didn't put it in there. Okay. Lonnie's saying things and I have the headphones on. I can't quite hit her. Hear her. Yeah. I, it's here. Hit her. I got it. I got it here too. I was just showing this off. I can show those off. But. Oh no, no. I was just saying like, uh, yeah, no, that's awesome. Yep. Yep, everybody's getting they're, they're landing all over all over i've sold a bunch in the states and the furthest we've gone is australia well come on now that's the best it's great no i'm just saying like people are buying it well, i don't know and that's what you want right so issue two will be out next month i've written up to issue four we're all ready to go and then after issue four we are heading towards the animated segment and then i'm either going to uh oh yeah yetis hey yeti and then i'm either going to go into second printings or Continue off issue five. It's all out there, man. We are going to thank our friends. They're right here with blue microphones. Um, my Yetis, Coffee which, uh, which uh, you know, meh, I didn't plug in. So anyways, <laughs> there it is. But uh, Yeti, thank you, friends at Blue Microphones for all your help. We are going to run a little promo brought to you by Lonnie, who made this. Speed bus. <laughs> And we got to thank our friends that stopped by today. Any of my creators of Bucketheads. Is that the coolest thing, man? It's just the coolest. It's really thing. good. Like, it's really, really good. It's really well done. And I just remember it being, seeing it at, at Expo, being like, what the hell is this? These are just guys that, you know, around, that just made this thing. And uh, I think it's a bonus uh, 
you know, that they, uh, they're such big fans and they, they're in the film industry. So they had, uh, obviously, uh, some help from their friends, which is great. Uh, they got a Patreon page, which will post on all the things. Uh, definitely you guys want to support that. Um, let hopefully get a walk on roll and get kicked in the balls. That'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, but, uh, fun stuff there. Um, so yeah, that's uh, another another great one, man. That was a lot of fun. Those guys are awesome, and uh, oh wow, they have really them. really cool uh, program that they're doing. Fantastic. Fantastic, Mike. Thanks again, buddy. Congrats on the new gig, and uh, cheers, Mike. And, uh, we'll hear you in our ears on that. That is Christmas shitty. I am Hello. Brenton, the other guy. That is Kids on the Escalator for another Tuesday night. Uh, we're not sure what's on the docket for just yet, but you know it's going to be something great for next week. Uh, my cat. Where's my cat? Okay. There's my cat. There's the cat. I like how you changed you changed the scenery today. It's nice. Yeah, we did. Everything's over. Over there now. There's Lonnie. Yeah. Get in there, Lonnie. Yeah, Lonnie! <laughs> Lonnie! There's Lonnie! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> That's Lonnie. Hire her for all your graphics and everything. She's red. Oh, she's busy everything. right now, actually. <laughs> <She's busy. laughs> all right, don't don't hire her then. Dude, honestly, we are we're busy for a while, which is good though. But she, she you could hire her, but she'd say two months. So we can good go. times. Red dude. Yeah. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. I'm Sarah Burke, and I host the Women in Media podcast, where I'm exploring the challenges women face in the media spotlight and celebrating our triumphs. My guests come from radio, TV, news, and sports, and we'll cover topics like leadership, diversity, stereotypes, and more. Most of all, I'm looking to build a community through a space where we can discuss anything. The Women in Media podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at womeninmedia.ca.